Hi, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerd in you. It's season two, episode 25. It is. Welcome back to another episode of Friends with Elephants. Look at this, we're still here. What? So exciting. (laughs) For today, we have... A mini-sode. Again, you say these mini-sodes, you know it's going to be longer. It's going to, no, but it's like, it's mini compared to normal. We have two things. Two segments instead of four segments. It's mini. Okay. All right. It's mini for us, but guaranteed it'll probably be longer than 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for a top three turf war. This week... It is a brand new year, ladies and gentlemen. Brand new. It's 2017. We can say goodbye to the awfulness of 2016. I know. It was bad. Everybody knows it's bad. We've talked it to death. 2016 sucked. So let's move on to better things. So what are you looking forward to this this year, 2017? Movies. Movies. We are going to talk about our top three most anticipated movies of 2017. This was so hard. Can I just say it was so hard? It was really freaking hard. Narrowing it down to three because there's a lot of movies coming out this year that are already announced. And I'm super like so many of them I'm I'm like I want to see this. I want to see this so bad. I can't wait. I know it was a very difficult list to like pare down but I think I've got three really good ones and just fair warning if you hear a movie title and you haven't seen that and you don't want anything ruined we may be ruining things. I'm just spoiler alerting you right now that we could be screwing with your brain, but let's go. So what is your number three spot? My number three spot is Alien Covenant. Not on my list. Tell me why you want to see it. I I love the two aliens, Aliens and Aliens 2. And and I just- What about the other two? What about the other three in the series? The ones I love are the first two. Okay. Those, to me, are what Aliens is all about. And Ridley Scott is directing. Yeah, he is back at the helm doing a, doing probably another slow burn. Uh-huh, and I love slow burn scary movies. And I just think that the plot is kind of interesting because this time, a ship that they're on, um, they think they discovered a paradise, but actually it's a dark and dangerous place. And its sole inhabitant is a synthetic named David, who is played by Michael Fassbender. And I just think that, and he, of course, is um, the survivor of the original Prometheus expedition. And so I just think this is interesting. It's been a really long time since we've seen it. And it's also taking the story to a whole new place. It seems like an original- Prometheus? Like that version? Like hot on the heels of Prometheus, the movie Prometheus, at the end where we see the giant alien come out, we're like, oh yeah, okay, there's the tie-in. This is kind of the sequel, prequel to, I guess, the first Alien movie, or maybe this is light years after. No, it's after the first Alien movie. I don't really understand the timeline because it confused the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. I never saw Prometheus. Okay. Well, I didn't love Prometheus. That's why it's not on my list. So uh, it was stunning. There were parts of it that I was like, wow, yeah. But then there was parts, and I think a lot of people complained about this, but I have the same complaint, where you're on an abandoned planet. Gods are what you're looking for here. Why are you going touching shit? Why are you yeah. going into places <laughs> and just nosing about? This is supposed to be a place where you were never supposed to see. Show some damn reverence. So, anyway, 
those are some of the things I had a problem with. Um, you know, the alien abortion was was holy god that scene. Um, but I really want to see this movie now. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, well, my number three. I'm just jumping in right on top of you. I'm just gonna. I love it. Right I here. love it. Star Wars: The Last Jedi is my number three spot. If you recall, The Force Awakens was my number one movie from 2015, and it wasn't the best movie from 2015. I just loved the experience I had in that. So I am looking forward to getting back into the theater, seeing that one. Now, why is it not my number one spot, you may ask? Well, I think Disney's going to give me a little Star Wars fatigue. Ah. I love Star Wars. It's You know you know how I feel about it. But I, I Rogue One left me wanting. The first half of Rogue One I wasn't in love with. The last half, that war, it was spectacular. It really was. But you saw the ending coming a mile away. Um, and I'm really glad they had Dropbox back in a galaxy far, far away. Anyways, that's fine. I think I'm really looking forward to moving forward in this series rather than back because what's what I'm finding is happening is they're fucking around with things they should not screw around with. Like in Rogue One, they gave us the coolest, most badass Darth Vader we've ever seen ever on screen. And I love those five seconds or however long. But we never see that rage again. Even 20 minutes later, he's just waving his finger in Leia's face. Just like, oh, the rebellion. <laughs> um, you just had somebody on the ceiling and cut him in half. Uh, where's that rage? Yeah, yeah. Where's yeah. that anger? I, you know what? Rogue One disappointed me greatly. I, okay. I really, it was fine. That's like how I like to think of it. There's nothing outwardly horrible about the movie, except that I didn't really care about the characters. They in, did nothing for me. They did nothing for me. Sure, the movie filled a plot hole. I thought the end, when you saw that sort of like CGI Leia, was kind of cute because of where it let off. Yeah, well, here's a, an interesting thing. I saw it days before Carrie Fisher's death. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine saw it days after, and it was a totally different thing for him than it was for me. Yeah, for because I saw it days before her death as well, and- and so I liked it. I was yeah, like, oh, was like, oh, this oh, is cute. Nice, nice. For him, very much affected him. Right. Which makes sense. Of course it would. Totally. And then to like recreate her in this in this way where she's not really the way that she is, that I could totally see that being really just hitting your heart. For me, I think Rogue One just kind of disappointed me in their character play. Like what I loved about episode seven, um, was the characters. I was like, what are these characters? And I didn't even care about like, the new characters being back icing on the cake. I wanted more Ray and Finn and Poe. They were great. Absolutely. I That was my favorite part, too, For me, and, Force Awakens. And then here and I, I was. Like they let us down. They let us down. They didn't yeah. create characters that I cared about. You're just like, meh, about the characters. You know what I mean? Like You don't really care. What is your number two? My number two is Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Ooh, that does look good. Yeah. Okay, it's not on my list. Again, it is not on my list. Interesting. Okay, uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets just looks awesome. I don't know what it is, but it's Luke Besson looking badass. And it's, I don't know, the the screenshot that I saw, I was like, whoa, I want to see this. They premiered a whole bunch of it, or a bit of it, in Comic-Con San Diego 2016. People were floored by it. And if you don't recognize the name Luke Besson, he did the fifth element. He also did Lucy, but he did the fifth element, guys. 
He is a guy who knows how to do sci-fi in a way that is just exciting. And this trailer for this movie you're talking about looks nuts. nuts. It is all over the place with crazy sci-fi action. And and it's based on a graphic novel series, which is, I think, always a good thing for translation to film. It's a good jumping off point. Because graphic novels are like storyboards. You know what the movie's going to look like. And as long as it's true to the graphic novel, you're good to go. Oh, I love it. I love where your head is. I like this movie. I will probably see it because I did watch that trailer. Uh, not on my list, but my number two, I think might be on your list at your number one spot. I'm not sure. Kingsman, The Golden Circle. So this is the sequel to Kingsman, uh, The Secret Service, which we saw in theaters and both loved. Loved. And it was on my list, but then eventually it got it booted. Bumped off. It bumped okay. off. Uh, I have no idea what the premise is. This movie has already got my money. Me too. I'm going to see it right, like, not maybe right away, but very close to right away. I've got this thing for 2017 I want to share with you. I'm ready. If a movie already has my dollars, I'm not watching the trailer. Oh. So, Star Wars The Last Jedi. You're not going to watch the trailer? I'm not going to watch the trailer. I'll tell you why. We're not going to do a trailer trash about this? No, we're not going to do a trailer trash about this. I'm going to tell you why. The Force Awakens was at my trailer for Star Wars The Last Jedi. I know the ending of that movie, and I know it picks up after that ending, so I'm good. Mm. I'm done. I don't need anything spoiled. Blake hates watching trailers as a general rule. Well, there are some movies that I think, like, if I have no idea what the hell it's going to be about, I'll watch a trailer. Absolutely. I love a good trailer. I What I hate is when a trailer is not true to the movie you watch. Right. So I have no idea what's going to happen in Kingsman, The Golden Circle. But who I don't cares? Because care you already know what Kingsman is about. And I want to see it again, too. I know Eggie's going to be in it kicking some serious ass. Honestly, I think it ended up being, like, number five on, on my most anticipated list. Well, now we're at number one. I need your number one spot. My number one spot is a thriller. And I know we're not going to have the same number one because I don't even think you've seen the, pre, the pre-movies before this one, but go ahead. The th- it's a thriller with Tom Hanks and Emma Watson, and it's called The Circle. As your number one is The Circle? I can't wait to see this movie. Oh my I'm, gosh, you are such a tech junkie. I love tech, and not only that, but I love thrillers. Right now, I'm in a really big thriller mode. Recently, okay, well, What Lies Beneath really like just amped me up. I want to get back into those 90s thrillers. Dystopia-type 90s thrillers. And this looks like thing. antitrust, but with Google. So why don't you tell... Our audience, actually, uh, what you're talking about right now. Emma Watson is this bright young employee who gets hired for a company called The Circle that is kind of basically like Google. It feels that way, yeah. It feels a lot that way. Kind of an amalgamation of um, Apple and Google, like as companies. Basically, if there is a problem in the world, they can solve it with tech. Exactly. So the product is Google-esque, and the idea is that essentially... This company slowly but surely convinces people to give give up all of their privacy. The Dark Knight style. They're going to see everything through every lens on the planet. All the time. Yeah. There is no more privacy ever again. And playing Ooh. with the power of what does it mean to live in the world that we live in today where so much of our lives are available for anyone to consume. I like it. Most anticipated is a big one. I am. It's my most anticipated movie of 2017. When I saw it, I was like, oh, my goodness. All right. Well, mine didn't hit your list. I don't even think it hit your extended past three list. Um, 
I am going with War for the Planet of the Apes. Interesting. I was not a fan of the original Planet of the Apes series. I saw the first one. You know, I was a fan of the original of Planet of the Apes series. So when Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out, I was skeptical. I was like, whatever. Sure, Andy Serkis, you can do stuff. I get it. I was super skeptical, partly because of the CGI. So I went and saw that, and I saw it with my buddy Chris, whose studio we are recording in today. Mm-hmm. And I saw it with Chris on my couch. And let me tell you, there is a scene in that movie, and you will know this scene if you love this film, where Caesar speaks for the first time. We gasped, audibly gasped, when that happened. Was it like and, a CGI Caesar monkey? Yeah, but he looks very real. Like, he doesn't look like he's a CGI monkey. They did a great job putting these characters together. Not in the trailers, they didn't. You have to see the movie because it's all about the character of Caesar and his relationship to the humans. Because I loved the original Planet of the Apes. Because they were in monkey suits? Yeah, that was part of it. I liked, I liked, well, I liked the movies. I like sci fi a lot. It's a genre I really enjoy. And I thought the twist at the end was really good. Um, But for me, I need to feel like I can touch something. And we'll get to that a little bit later. You can definitely feel like you can touch something. Not from the trailers. Not from the trailers. Watch the film. And then Dawn of the Planet of the Apes came out. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way this will be as good as Rise. And it was as good as Rise. I've probably seen them equal amounts of time. And I loved Dawn. This massive war between... Like, it was fantastic. Uh. Like... I think they're going to have a perfect trilogy with these Planet of the Apes movies. So I am thrilled. I'm excited. I'm going to see it on the big screen. Oh, it's, and you know what? I'm not watching any more trailers. I don't need anything else. We have a list to build. I say War for the Planet of the Apes should be number one. No way. There's it can't no- be the circle. Yeah, it can. It can be the circle. At least when I say War for the Planet of the Apes, people know what I'm talking about. Who cares? This is about what's most anticipated and a th- like a third movie installment in something that's all CGI? No way. But the circle is going to float on the antitrust or uh, the hackers or like it's just going to be this It's going to be thriller. highly acclaimed. You're full of shit. Tom Hanks and Emma Watson. It is going to be whatever. It is not going to be whatever. It is going to be like the social network in the sense of people are still going to talk about how great it is. Okay, so I'll give you a number two, the circle. Well, obvi- no, like I don't <laughs> think that the Planet of the Apes can be at number one. I what? have zero anticipation to see this. What on my list do you have anticipation for? I got Kingsman. Kingsman. And I've got Star Wars. I'll put Kingsman in number one. I have... The Prometheus sequel. The Prometheus sequel, which I will give you. I will throw it away. Okay. Screw it. What else you got? What I want in there somewhere, ideally, is Valerian. I would put Valerian at number one. I want to see Kingsman more than I want to see Valerian, I think. Okay, why don't we put Kingsman at one? Which is weird because it didn't make my list, but now it is on my list. But now it's at number one. Yeah, I no, know. No, no, it's not on yours. It's on our Ours, collected Our collect. List. Yeah, that's true. I think Kingsman at number one, Valerian number two, and I'll give you the circle at number three. I'm so in. How about in. that? I'm so in. How about that? I'm so in. Okay, I'll give you this, and then you have to rub my feet for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask Blake. I'm really right. bad at that stuff. No, no, I'm not asking Blake. Blake will just laugh when he hears this. Okay, uh, so I'll count this down, I guess. So give me a drum roll. Number three, The Circle. Number two, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. And the number one anticipated movie is Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Good list. Good list. And I'm glad we got to talk out a couple of the others on the list, too. Agreed. So perfect. Yeah. I, I just wanted to mention, I also am anticipating for uh, Baywatch. And Beauty and the Beast. Eh. Eh? I, I'm, I haven't been blown away by, by any of these live actions. Again, haven't watched any of the trailers. Don't care. Me neither. I don't care. Jungle Book was, my, like, Jungle Book was amazing. It was amazing? Amazing. It was good. I've seen it, like, seven times. What? Yeah, loved it. Oh my gosh. But you know what is not on either one of our lists is like Thor Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, whatever the, I think Black Panther might be coming to the, Justice League, Wonder Woman, none of these superhero movies made, made it. our list. Because you know what? At this point, we've seen them so many times. Fatigue. I'm like, meh, they're going to be fine. I get I'm going to watch them. They're not anticipated. I get it. It's time to talk movies. Last week, we asked you guys to watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, a 1989 classic. Rick Moranis at his Moranisy, maybe? Yeah, he was pretty big at that time, I think. Anyhow, this is like a trip down memory lane to the years of when there was practical effects and no CGI. And I gotta say... Uh, a lot of the sets, a lot of the practical effects, I felt worked really well. There were some effects that I didn't think worked. I didn't think, well, we can get into it in a second. What did you think overall about the experience? 89 was really sexist. Sure. And sure, sure. their characters were less fleshed out than they are now. I think... There were aspects of the movie that I just didn't love, and they all related to the characters. What do you mean? Like, you didn't think dancing in the kitchen with a mop added to her character? No, no, no. It's not that. It's more like the characters didn't go deep for me, or they seemed cartoony, or they seemed like they were fleshing out aspects of, you know, like a checklist. Like, you're a 3D character if you talk about your feelings, and you do something whimsical, and you also learn a lesson at the end. I also really didn't like... Uh, talking about characters here. I didn't like... The character of Russ. Is that the, the neighbor older, dad? No. So he, I really didn't like that neighbor dad. Yeah. <laughs> but Russ is the older of the two boys. Oh, from the other right. Now he is the love interest for older sister of the Moranis clan. That is correct. Can't quite recall his He's last. not so popular. She is. Yes. But at the same time, he does things that are weirdly macho in ways that don't make any sense. Hey, Dad, weightlifting isn't my thing. But then he saves the girl by giving her mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, a very heroic moment, and ruins the moment by saying, when the kid asks, where'd you learn to do that? He's like, French class. And it's like so out of character for him to be that cocky, staring at the girl he likes, when he couldn't even ask her if he, she liked to dance before. Agreed. It was out of this world Looney Tunes. And that's what I mean by what I had an issue with when it came to characters were these weird, 
I felt like a lot of it was like check boxes. Like someone was like, I got to have this moment. I got to have that moment. That character has to say something like this. And if I do all these different things, that's going to equal a three-dimensional character. But in reality, nobody thought about who is this guy and what would he and wouldn't he do in a scenario. With that said, the most fleshed out character in my mind was Nick, the younger brother who was a science geek who loved- I loved him. Nick was was a younger brother who liked science. He liked cookies a lot. Mm-hmm. He liked to swindle the neighbors. Yeah. He had enough confidence to push off a bully who lived next door. Um, he really loved his father and what, what his father did, even though his father didn't spend any time with him. And he was responsible when, you know, push came to shove. I, he I thought felt, he was a great character. He felt like the closest to a real person about all of them. Agreed. By far. Totally agreed. They gave him a lot of layers. I think, actually, it was kind of the opposite. I think they thought, oh, he's young. We he's don't, the young, geeky kid. We don't need to give him layers. But in reality, that's what ended up creating this real character. Everybody else, they were, like, forcing layers. And you got, uh, you know, Dr. Slazinski, played by uh, Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. Who was basically a cartoon character. He was totally a cartoon character. He could have been Bugs Bunny. Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered. I think that that was what they did in movies back then. Like, it's kind of interesting when you go back and you look at movies from the 89, 90s, all that stuff. At that time in, in Hollywood, they were picking up a lot of spec scripts. So, like, or scripts that were written on speculation, scripts that are totally original content in the sense of... They're not reboots. We're right now living in the age of reboots and sequels and whatever. Right. So they would see something and go, oh, that's original. The kids and they go through the backyard and everything in the backyard wants to kill them. Yeah, that's in, that makes sense. Yeah. And so then they were looking for all this original content. And sometimes when you think about all these sequels that come out and you think about the 90s when there was all these original stories, you look back at them fondly and think, oh, the days of original content. And but then you look at it. When they got the script, it was like great original story. Let's just overlook the fact that there's this oddball character who has no depth whatsoever. He's not even going to have an arc because his whole arc is supposed to be he loves his family. But when he shrinks him, he just goes into science mode to find, get them back. And then he makes a bajillion trillion dollars off of this invention. Like, yeah. It wasn't really like. Yeah. It, he cared about his kids enough to find them. I guess for me, it was like. A revelation to sort of say maybe original stories, while it's cool and I like them, it has to be more than just an original story. It also needs to be a fully fleshed out story with real characters and and, and a story arc that has you on the seat of your pants or the seat of your chair. Or I don't know how you're supposed to say. What's the saying? Seat of seat of the chair. Edge of your seat is the That's saying. what it yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> well, but let's talk about the edge of your seat practical effects, if you will. I loved, 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 Did you loved. like the ant and the scorpion? Yeah, I was totally cool with it. I was not cool with the bee. The bee was the only part of it that looked like, this is nuts. I was cool with all you of it. You were okay with that. It was all very animatronic. I loved it. Just the sets. Like those the sets the blew big, me away. The big blades of grass, the Lego thing that you could sleep in. Like the fact that there was like a stream through their backyard that was really, uh, who the hell knows what it was? It could have been a just a stream of pee from a dog. Like who knows? Yeah, who right? knows? It was 
amazing. Like, just to see that. You know, I think that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is something. Oh, here's my next question. Do you think it should be rebooted no. in our age of reboots? No, it doesn't need to. I think it should. I don't want it to be CGI ants and CGI everything. They're no. not going to practical effect it. Here's the thing. If they were to commit to a practical affecting the whole thing, just like olden times, maybe CGIing the eyes of the like ants and scorpion and all that stuff, updating the characters for the modern day, I would see this in a heartbeat. Because you know what? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, it's like a C movie. It's not that great. If you gave it a grade in high school, it would get a C. It passes. They, it would be interesting because they'd have to figure out, did the cell phone shrink with them? Can they call home or because the circuits are now so small, it, they broke them. You know, how how does that work now? Right. There were aspects of this movie that were great, aspects that were really subpar, and the end result is like a C. And so yeah, I don't, why don't we that, redo it? Well, that's why I think we don't redo it because it's a C movie anyways. The story doesn't lend to great material anyway. It, like, it's not great. It's not a great film. So... Why do it at all? See, I think there are aspects of the film that are great. The adventure that the kids go on while being tiny. I think that if we redid this movie in our day of reboots, in some ways, I I like the concept of rebooting C movies and turning them into A movies. Now, did you were you aware that in 1997 there was a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids television show? No. So that's getting close to the 2000s. Yeah. And I'm assuming that every episode they went through a shrink ray or they went through some sort of catastrophe with science. Was Rick Moranis in it? Uh, No, he was. I guess Rick Moranis disappeared after that point. Was anyone in it? No, it still follows the Selinskis. um, And he comes up with new gadgets and experiments all the time. But something usually goes wrong and the family gets into trouble. So uh, it is a Disney show. Disney obviously never lost the rights to this. Right. Um, I just, I just, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is due for a reboot? I Are you talking about Honey, We so. Shrunk Ourselves? No. Oh, because they, they did That's have a, movie? a 1997 like sequel. It was the third in the series called Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves with Rick Moranis. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so we got to see that. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. I think that the reality is this movie made money, and if we rebooted it today right, it could be a really good movie. And so that's what I think. How the hell did they do three of these? They made money. That's how. Ugh. Obviously, enough money to do three movies and a television show. All right. I I give up. I give up. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. This is the age that we live in where you do movie after movie after sequel after sequel. I mean, hey, all my anticipated movies were sequels this year. Yeah, that's why I, I at first, was very like, we got to go with The Circle. Okay. And Valerian, not sequels. That's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week. And next week will be a very special episode. We're going to have our farewell episode Two Friends with Elephants. We're going to be sharing our favorite things about the show. Uh, it has been two years in the making, this mm-hmm. podcast. And we will be letting you guys know where you can go to find our brand new podcast. But that is happening next week. 
But as always, if you wanted to reach out to us to tell us anything on your mind, ask us questions about this big thing that we're going to be announcing next week, you can reach us at friendselephants.com. Friends with elephants at mail.com. Facebook slash friends elephants. Catch us on Twitter. I'm at Jester J. I'm at It's Ivana. And thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again next Monday with our final episode. Till next time. Nerd on, Ella friends. Bye.